Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. In the last days, the body of Christ will be measured. We find that in Revelation 11.1. John said there was a reed likened to a rod given to me, saying, Ride, measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without, leave out, measure it not. Why? Because the holy city shall be trodden underfoot for 42 months. 42 months is the time, times and a half. Three and a half years, a thousand two hundred and three score days at the time of uh, the great tribulation, Jacob's trouble. This great tribulation that we find listed in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, that Jesus stated, I pray that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Now there remaineth a Sabbath to the people of God, a rest of the people of God. We see that in Hebrews 4. Paul said, admonishing the body of Christ, take heed lest a singular promise, a promise slip any of us, that we should sink short of entering into his rest. There remaineth the rest of the people of God, an eternal sabbatical, an eternal rest. If Jesus had given them rest, he will not have spoken of another day. Jesus said the time is coming, and now is, when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. That voice of the Son of God we see is in Revelation, the second and the third chapter, speaking to each of the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And Jesus is speaking to each church of the angels to the church at each one saying. And then he says, but to him that overcometh. These are the overcomers. Not full grown yet, but young men that have the word of God that is strong in them and they've overcome the wicked one. But there still remains a higher level of glory. So we have gone from little children and 1 John 2, 12. Not only are sins forgiven for his name's sake, born of the water and the spirit as newborn babes, but little children, because we've known the father, we know that Jesus is the father. We've gone then to a higher level of glory, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. And then the highest level, full grown fathers, weaned from the milk and a full age. I write unto you, fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. Him that's from the beginning is none other than the word of God, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. That's knowing him that's from the beginning. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. He's the word made flesh. And we find there in Revelation 19, 13, on his vesture, dipped in blood. This is him that comes from Bozra, whose vestments are dipped in blood. And his name is called, invoked, the word of God. That man is God. And all shall see it written upon his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's all capital letters. 
Why? Because he is God Almighty, the King of glory. In the last days, in the last days where the body of Christ comes into perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, the bride has made herself ready. Then he will put in his sickle and reap his harvest into his garner, into his barn. In the meantime, there will be a great work, a work of the ministry that we are being prepared for now, not Pentecost. That happened 2,000 years ago. We've been in this uh, Pentecostal reign for over 2,000 years or two days. Now we're in the third day. And the temple of God, which temple we are. What? No, you're not. That your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. And it was read like unto a rod saying, Good John, rise and measure the temple of God. That's us. And the altar, your prayer line. And those that worship therein, the true worshipers. Worshiping God in spirit and truth, the Lord Jesus Christ, who alone is God, not another. But the temple, the courtyard, which is without. That courtyard, which is without. Why? Because the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked. Measure it not. For the holy city shall be trodden underfoot for 40 and two months. Those are the ones in the, the natural fleshly mind never come in sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. At this time, he said, I will give power to my two servants. My two witnesses, the two anointed ones, the two sons of all. And this is what we're seeing when he uncovers the cedar work. But when we're saying the sealing of God, the servants of God in the forehead in the last days, we can also say that at the same time that God is uncovering the cedar work. Because the cedar work is in the most holy place, the holiest of all, and upon the walls of cedar, the walls of salvation are carved, engraven, the works of an engraver, of a signet, that is cherubim, not only cherubim, palm trees, chose us the season of Sukkoth in tabernacles, not Pentecost, and open flowers. These are the budding almonds, uh, the full church into the glory of Jesus Christ. And that is the latter rain. It is the parousia. It's the coming of the Lord, not the appearing, not yet. Because this gospel of the kingdom must be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Not until then. There has to be a witness, the testimony of Jesus. Four time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months of the Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry. God's preparing his body for that now. Now let's take a look. When we see in Zephaniah 2 that God will uncover the cedar work. Many in Jeremiah 22, if you follow the podcast, you'll know that that uncovering the cedar work is that many have taken the cedars of Lebanon and in their walls of salvation, have built it with untempered mortar. That is, mortar that's never been through the fire. And by doing that, God said, because you've daubed it with untempered mortar, not through the fire of the Holy Ghost, burning up the works of the flesh, that it will fall. We see in Jeremiah 22, the walls of cedar, but overlaid and painted with vermilion, 
a man's own work. And God has promised in the last days that he is not only, he's promised, he's not only going to shake the earth only, like he did in the days of Moses when he delivered his people Israel out of Egypt. That was a great deliverance. He destroyed all the gods of Egypt. Then he descended on Mount Sinai, which burned with the fire of God. The trumpet sounded louder and louder, the trumpet voice of God. We find in the churches today, there's no trumpet voice. There's a cornet. There's a flute, a harp, a sackbolt, a psaltery, a dulcimer, but no trumpet. Why? Because the trumpet is the clarion voice of the Lord Jesus. It pierces the heart. It reproves, rebukes, and corrects. It leads us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But it requires us in obedience unto righteousness to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust, being sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. And we will be measured at that time. In and uncovering that seed of work, we will either be overlaid with that gold glory of God on the walls in that work of the ministry, or it will be shown that every unclean and foul beast will lodge in the corner and in the windows of it. It will be that we thought we had the, the Lord Jesus Christ and a right identity, but it'll be mistaken that we thought that we could have the world and Jesus too, that we didn't have to be sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body, that we could love the world and the Lord Jesus Christ at the same time. And many have erred, thinking that gain is godliness. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses, even though that's what's taught most churches today in prosperity, that you can be blessed financially and give a tenth to God. A tenth won't do. Somebody said, why? Well, simply because the grounds of a rich man brought forth plentifully. Jesus stated it. And he said, what shall I do? I know what I'll do. I'll pull down, pull down my barns and I'll build greater. I will expand my business. That's much today in the world, in the worldly church, in a prosperity message. And it's deemed to be truth, the truth of God. Well, he did pull down his barns. He built greater and he said, so take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry for thou hast much good stored up for many years. But then, that night, a voice came from heaven. Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose, those, whose things shall those be that you have labored for? So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. We must put God first and not only in a tithe of an offering, but in all things Except a man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. In other words, doing the will of God in every area of your life, spirit, soul, and body. Now, that's a hard thing for some to receive. But it's still the truth. And the only truth by which those will come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto perfection. So we find this same truth of the measuring line. There that we see in Revelation 11 is also stated in Zechariah 2. Now we've noticed that it is the signet 
is given to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is my signet, my sign aloft of, is my seal from the aloft to the tav, the A to the Z of all the attributes of God, from the Alpha to the Omega, unto perfection, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now that's not being taught and think, well, just one verse and you've asked Jesus to come into your life or you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ after you repented, got the Holy Ghost, that's it. No, it's not it. You must find the will of God through reading the Word of God, let it be strong in you, the Word of God being strong in you, and overcoming the wicked one in all things, spirit, soul, and body. Working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in you to will and to do of his good pleasure, doing the will of God. If we don't do the will of God, we hear Matthew 7, not all the same to me, Lord, Lord, even though he's the Lord God Almighty, he is the Father of glory. We're little children. We understand that. But if we don't go on in finding and doing the will of God, the quest for life in all things and doing the will of God in obedience unto righteousness unto holiness, that he will say, Depart from me, you that work iniquity. I never knew you because you did not do the will of God. Somebody said, well, I didn't know there was a specific individual will of God for my life. I thought if I went to church and they said I was saved and I shook the preacher's hand and I was giving a tithe that I was saved. Well, we find out that God expects more. It is a reasonable service to offer our lives upon the altar crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. And he's talking, Paul, talking to the brethren, that I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, not your own will, but doing the will of God, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. That means sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body, finding the will of God and doing it. Being not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God for you is. That's the only way to know it. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you both to will and do, and find that quest for life in obedience unto rights, and do it, the will of God. And here, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Somebody says, well, I never heard that before. That, that, that was essential for salvation that it was a requisite for salvation. Yes, it is. It's required. And the Lord expects it. It's our reasonable service. And God's going to measure us. He's going to measure not only the altar, but them that worship therein. Your altar, there's that crucified life. Did we do the will of God? And that uh, not only the altar, which is crucifying the flesh with affection and love and the lust, but those that worship therein must worship him in spirit and in truth. We have to do the will of God and find the will of God and do it according to the faith that been dealt to every man in particular. That's not general faith. It is the faith given to each measure of faith to do the will of God, whatever it is. Whatever the measure of faith is that God has called you to do, he's given you the faith enabling you to do it, whatever the will of God is. And he compacts the body of Christ together through the measure of every part, the measure of faith for every part fitly framed together. The devil can't get in. 
of whichever joint supplies bone to bone to the edifying of itself in love, building up our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost in the unity of the faith and in the revelation of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of the Son of God unto perfection. We find that in Zephaniah 2, he's uncovering the cedarwood. And we find in Haggai 2 that it is his signet that Zerubbabel is a signet. And we found in the earlier podcast that Zerubbabel is mentioned in the dynasty royal kingly line of Jesus in Matthew 1.12. And the son of Jeconiah, the son of Shaziel, which was the son there of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel being the son of Shaltiel. I've asked God for a son. What is that son? The man child. God have forgotten to his throne. So Jeconiah beget, that is a Kaniah curse. But that's a kingly line, the dynasty line, the legal line of David. Jeconiah, Kaniah, that we read about in Jeremiah 22 that has that curse. But we also find women in that lineage of Jesus also, which woman was never mentioned in the lineage of Jesus Christ. It was always in any lineage was through that pedigree was through the men. But the women are listed there also in the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew 1 because it's the legal line. It's through Joseph, which was not the biological father of Jesus, but was the legal, the royal dynasty line of David through Joseph, which was the husband of Mary, who was born Jesus, who was called Christ. Jesus is the 41st generation. Christ is the 42nd allowing us to see that we are that Christ generation that will fulfill his ministry, the work of the ministry, a three and a half year ministry of Jesus that will be counted for the seed for the generation. That's the reason why there in Matthew one, Jesus is the 41st generation and Christ is a 42nd generation, which is not us, but Christ in us that will come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and reveal his glory through the body of Christ unto perfection. And that signet is Zerubbabel. So in the legal line, in that royal dynasty line of David, we find Matthew 1, 12, Zerubbabel. The ones that were born in Babel coming out of Babylon unto perfection. We see also in the fleshly line, the priestly line, according to the flesh, in the biological line of Jesus, starting with Jesus and going all the way back to Adam, we find Zerubbabel there in Luke 3.27. And here we find it's the biological line, and that is uh, Zerubbabel again. Why? Because that's the flesh. The king in line, Jesus Christ, the spirit, the legal line, and the flesh, Luke 3, that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Zerubbabel is that signet, sign, aloftog. It is the sealing of that signet that will be used in the body of Christ, which is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's not only the restitution, a restoration minister of Elijah, 
It is the, the judgment miracles of Moses, Christ through Moses, Christ through Elijah, and also the redemption miracles of Jesus. God manifests in the flesh in the days of his flesh. So the body of Christ has a glory that will be revealed in the last days of not only Jesus in redemption miracles, Moses in judgment miracles, famishing all the gods of the earth, as we see in Zephaniah 2, uncovering the seed of work, as we see also in the restoration miracles of Elijah, the king kingdom miracles, will be done in and through this Zerubbabel, the king priesthood, which is the body of Christ, it's come to the measure of the stature and the fullness of Christ, receiving the word of God as the new wine, as new vessels and new wineskins with this new wine in the new thing that God will do in the last in these last days that he's preparing us for now. If we have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, we must prepare, receive it, believe it, lest he comes and smite the earth with a curse. For he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, lest God himself comes and smites the earth with a curse. There's that measuring line. There's a change coming. It's Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, Zerubbabel, born in Babylon, coming out of, son of Sheltiel, I've asked God for a son. Joshua, the name Jesus, son of Josedek, righteousness. And these will build the temple of God through the decree of Cyrus, which will be in the last days, in the last work, in the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. God coming and appearing through the body of Christ in the work of the ministry, the latter reign, not the former reign, not a Pentecostal reign, a moderate reign, but the last great reign of his strength, the latter reign. And we see it in Zechariah 10, ask you of the Lord reign in the time of the latter rain. So will the Lord make bright clouds. Then for showers, everyone grass in the field. That's us. Well, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. One of the things there is the cherubim of glory, the two sons of oil, the two olive trees, then empty out of themselves the golden oil, Zechariah 4. But we have to see this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And Joshua, the son of Josedek, appears before the Lord in Zechariah 3, and it has to have a change of raiment. We have to go higher than this Pentecostal raiment. It has to be a change to this season tabernacle. But before that, there is a measuring line. It's a ladder growth after the king's mowings to bring forth the ladder growth, Amos 7. And we see in, in Zechariah, the second chapter, Zechariah said, I lifted up mine eyes again and looked, and behold, a man. There's a man there. We're going to see that there's a man caught up to God and to his throne. We're going to see it's a Revelation 12 man, that Christ in him to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And that man, he said, had a measuring line in his hand. And he said, whither thou goest? What are you doing? Where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof and what is the length thereof. Now, we're all going to be measured in the height, depth, length, and width of Christ in a revelation of Jesus. 
the Christ, that we must know who he is. In the height, he's God. In the depth, he became a man in his humiliation. In the length and the width is the love of God through the body of Christ that we have charity one toward another. And he said, run. Speak to the young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For us, I, saith the Lord, will be unto him or to her a wall of fire round about and will be the glory in the midst of her. Now that glory is that final glory, not Pentecostal, but in the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, that glory will be being revealed in and through the body of Christ. How do you get that glory? Well, think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, and the glory, the glory of God resteth upon you. Now that glory, Paul said, requires sufferings. For trouble on every side, but not in distress, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our body, the church of living God, bearing about in our body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. That's the cross. Why? That the life of our Lord Jesus may be manifest in us. For we which live are always delivered unto death. That's the current body of Christ in this earth with Christ in them. We which live are always delivered unto death that the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest seen in our mortal bodies. And our light affliction which is only but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Not only a glory revealed there, glorifying our Father, the Lord Jesus in heaven, but an eternal glory in the body of Christ when he comes to be glorified and he's saint. When we see that glory, he says, uh, then he said, Ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north. Why? Because that vision of Jeremiah, prophet to the nations, the first thing he sees is a rod of an almond tree, that rod of love, the rod of Bethel, the rod of the church that we see in Revelation 11. A reed like unto rod given to me, John said, saying, Rise, met the temple of God in the altar. Same measuring line we see there in Zechariah 2. And we're going to be measured. And what's measuring us? Even the word that we preach. Paul stated, that's a more small thing. If I be judged of you, I judge not mine own self. There's one that judges me, even the word that I preach. It will judge it. Well, they out of the north, the second vision that Jeremiah sees, I see a seething pot, a boiling pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. Why? Because out of the north, a great evil a great tribulation, persecution will come out of the north upon all the inhabitants of the land. Oh, earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. We see that in Zechariah 2, Zephaniah 2, Revelation 1, Jeremiah 22. He's uncovering the cedar work, and we see it in the body of Christ will be First Kings 6, that they will be truly walls of cedar overlaid with gold. Those are the true people of God. However, 
the ones that have built this house, but not up on the rock. They didn't dig deep. They just took the surface of the word of God, took the preacher's pastor's remark that they're saved. They didn't deep, dig deep and found a rock. Jesus said, I'll reckon to him to be a wise man who dig deep. Search the scriptures, friend, then we think we have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. Those dig deep and founded a rock. That rock is Christ. Everything in the book of God is written to me. I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me, Jesus said. He is that rock. He is that Christ. And he's going to reveal that in and through the body of Christ in perfection in the last days, not a Pentecostal reign but the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, the last great reign of his strength. At that time, it will be measured to see if we are truly in God and we have the walls of cedar with the engraven work of a signet that is of the signet Zerubbabel, which entails three works in us in glory. That is the cherubim, the sons of oil, that's a man-child that emptied themselves out, the golden oil, the body of Christ, that has not Pentecostal oil of a beaten olive oil, that are fed to the knobs of bowls, feeding the seven lamps, but the golden oil that flows from God himself, from the throne room, Revelation. Golden oil. The sons of oil that you see in Zechariah 4. And then we have uh, an engraving of an engraver of a signet of the Sukkot, those are palm trees. The palm trees lets us know it's a season of tabernacles, not Pentecost. They have engraving palm trees, which was a memorial of coming up out of Egypt. And then we find open flowers. All of this is engraving work, the engraving of an engraver, of a signet. That signet is in Zerubbabel, the body of Christ, and it's the word of the Lord that does it all. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, to the king priesthood in these last days. I'm a might, not a power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The four winds are going to blow. That's Revelation 7. It's also in Daniel 7. It's also in Zechariah 2. And it says, saith the Lord, I spread you abroad as the four winds of the heaven." Say the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. Come you out of Babylon and be you separate. Right now, Mr. Babylon, the great the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth, all capitalized is uh, deemed to be the following truth of the word of God. That it is the truth of the word. But God said, Come out of her and be you separate. It was so marvel that John was dazzled by it. He marveled at Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots. She wrote upon a scarlet-colored beast. The beast is a false revelation of the Son of God, saying the Son of God's come in the flesh, not Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God's come in the flesh. God manifests in the flesh. And because of that, it cost her her salvation. That revealing of Jesus requires in the last days a change of raiment. There is a line that passes over from the season of that time of season of Pentecost 
Acts 2, this, that second chapter in the book of Acts, to that season of tabernacles, a radical change. And we're experiencing it now. What's that radical change? Zerubbabel. It's a radical change. It is not only the redemption miracles of Jesus that he said greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Those are redemption miracles. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, opening blind eyes, lose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and captive going free. But also doing the judgment miracles of Moses. Not judgment being given to the saints of the Most High God at the day of the Lord, where he gives us a rod to rule the nations. And as a vessel of the potter shall they be beaten to shivers. But the Holy Ghost given to us in power to work the judgment miracles through the Holy Ghost as the proceeding word of God, that fire proceedeth out of their mouth, out of the body of Christ, and in this manner shall those that come against them be killed during the judgment miracles of Moses. And then the final, that ministry of Elijah, of restoration. The body of Christ will be in John in that spirit of Elijah before the second coming of Jesus when he comes the second time without sin and salvation for the salvation of his saints. It'll be doing all of those radical changes from Pentecost in tabernacles and the season now is in that signet in the ceiling of Revelation 7, which is the ceiling of the servants of God in their forehead, which the sign is the ceiling of a signet and that signet is Zerubbabel, they got to. And in that day, Zerubbabel, those that come out of, there will be that signet of an engraving of an engraver on the walls of salvation in the holiest of all, the holy of holies, of the cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. And we see that. That in that day, there's a change of raiment. At that time of that season of Zerubbabel, that the body of Christ is going in the king priesthood in the full manifestation and revelation of Jesus through the body of Christ. That at that time, those that are called by the name of Jesus will have a change of raiment. You see it in Zechariah 3. At that time, we find that Joshua appears before the Lord and Satan also at his right hand, to resist Joshua. And I'm reading Zechariah 3. And he showed me Joshua the high priest. And that is standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at the right hand to resist him, to resist that elevated glory in the body of Christ. And the Lord said unto Satan, Joshua didn't do it. The body of Christ didn't do it. The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Not us, but the Lord himself. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? The brand is a sign of the sealing. If you're going to brand cattle, you take a rod or a brand, put it through the fire, and then brand the seal. Well, this is a brand plucked out of the fire, which is the cherubim of glory, which we find in that fire unfolding itself. There's a wonderful appearance of a man that comes out of him. 
which of the cherubim with a lion, man, ox, and eagle faces? The same face of Jesus. There we have the work of the ministry in the last days, the latter days, in a higher level of glory than Pentecost called tabernacles. And they won't be Pentecostal, they'll be called tabernacleist because they've gone into a higher glory. That's what we're called for. But then every individual member must enter into the calling that they are called for. Abide in the calling wherein you are called. Find the will of God and do it. Because the body will be fitly framed together, compacted by the Lord himself, that the devil cannot get into it. They will not jostle one, one against another. It'll be in one mind and one accord in the unity of the faith. They will have the same faith as Jesus because God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we, the body of Christ, have his treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. We know the Lord is that spirit. Jesus is that spirit. He is God Almighty. But there's the law of liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The law of liberty allowing us to be changed into the same image. Now we all with open face, not beholding as in a glass darkly, not partial knowledge, not part truth, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the very same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is where we're at. And there will be a change of raiment. At that time, this brand plucked out of the fire is the ceiling. It's Joshua. Son of Josedek, it is Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel. It's the word of the Lord. By receiving the word of the Lord, and after we've received the word of God, we are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until we've received the promised possession. But we have to receive the word of God. And it's a new thing. It's new wine that must be put into new wineskins. And at this time, we find Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Why is it filthy garments? Because it's a new thing. We've got to go into not the old store, but the new store. We can't say the old is better. We must make ourselves new wineskins to hold the new wine, the new thing that God is doing. A woman shall compass a man. That is Revelation 12, the woman bringing forth a man child, which keeps the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. The church in the last day move of God in the faith of Jesus as the redeemed. And at that time, he's going to take the filthy garments. Those are Pentecostal garments. It was truth at the time, but now it's a new thing. We can't stand there in the old store. We've gone and got to go and must go into. It's critical that we go into and receive the new thing that God is doing. Or we're backsliding. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him, from Joshua, the ones called by the name of Yeshua, the high priest, the king priesthood that were called for in Zerubbabel. And unto him he said, Behold, I've caused thine, not sin, iniquity to pass from thee. Why? Iniquity is God is speaking the new thing, and we're still holding back in Pentecost. We're not moving forward. We're holding on to the old store. And because of that, iniquity is lawlessness. Lawlessness not being led of the Holy Ghost of God in obedience. We may hear it, 
But we find out in Zephaniah 2, in uncovering the cedar work, God said, I spoke to you, Kaniah. You were my signet at that time in my right hand. But because I spoke to you and your prosperity, you wouldn't listen. I kept speaking to you and you would not obey my voice. Though you were a signet in my right hand, I'll pluck you out. We're going to have a change, a major change from Kaniah. He will be a man childless. He will not bring forth Christ in him. But Zerubbabel will. I'll replace Kaniah with Zerubbabel. And that's at the time of carrying away into Babylon, we find Zerubbabel. Kaniah, that birth Sheltiel, that birth Zerubbabel. That is the rightly kingly legal line for Zerubbabel as the king and the priesthood given to us in the lineage of Mary, biological line, the fleshly line, and that is Luke 3.27. That is the body of Christ that's going into the present truth, walking in the light as he's in the light, not in Pentecostal truth, but in tabernacle, not Pentecostals, but tabernaculists. And those that go in will have a change of raiment. Behold, I've caused that iniquity, that lawlessness. I've been speaking to you to come in, to do the new thing. You haven't listened. The church is not listening now, but those that do have an ear to hear, that will listen to the proceeding word of God in truth, that he's now doing a new thing, not holding on and saying, well, I'm saved, and that's it, leave me alone. But will listen to the proceeding word of God in truth and come out of this Pentecostal, which was a truth and a wonderful move of God in a moderate reign, but now it's much higher in glory now, in present truth. It's a new thing that God will do. He said, though a man tell it, yet they won't believe because they like the old store better. Well, we must enter into the new thing, and that's what he's doing. And Joshua, the ones that have an ear to hear, that iniquity of not listening, coming before God, Satan trying to resist that man-child birth, that dragon, the old serpent, the devil, the scorpion, trying to destroy the man-child as soon as it's born in uh, uh, that Revelation 12 man-child caught up to God to his throne. The ones that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, the church in the last days that will have two wings of a great eagle where she flieth in the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God where she's nourished from the face of the serpent of time, times dividing the time, three and a half years, 42 months in the work of the ministry. That's where we are now. And God's given a change of raiment to those that have an ear to hear the present truth now. And then iniquity, love the lawlessness that we have not listened to God is moved away and we get a new change of raiment. He says, uh, take that iniquity, cause it to pass from Joshua and clothe you with a change of raiment. Here is the ceiling. And I said, let them set a fair mitre upon his head. There's your ceiling in Revelation 7, sealing the servants of her God in their forehead. So they set a mitre upon his head. That mitre you're going to see is the last ceiling in Exodus 28. That is held on by two ribbons of blue. That is the holiness unto the Lord God Almighty. And that that golden mitre 
held by two ribbons of blue on the forehead of the high priest. Now, it's a ceiling in the servants of, a, of our God in their forehead, in that ceiling in the true word of God in present truth. The iniquity of uh, Pentecost is gone. We've gone into a new thing. They're not Pentecostals anymore. They've grown higher in glory. Tabernacleists. And they set a fair mitre upon his head, clothed him with garments. That's the righteousness of the saints and obedience unto righteousness. And who is this? Here now, Joshua, the high priest. Thou and thy fellows, that's the body of Christ, that's us, that sit before thee. They are men wondered at. Why? Because they have Christ in them. They've come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. They have the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. The faith of Jesus that was once delivered to the saints is now revealed in the body of Christ. I will bring forth my servant, the branch. That's the body of Christ in the fullness and the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is that? It's a, it's a sealing. It's an engraving. It's an engraving of a signet. The signet is Zerubbabel, which is the word of the Lord, not by might, not by power but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, that stone which the builders rejected, it's a white stone, Revelation 2. A white stone wherein is a new name written that only he knows that receives it. You can't pass this oil to someone else. You have to do the will of God for your life. You will eat the hidden manna. And that's the new thing within the veil in tabernacles. It is the sealing of Revelation 7 that God spoke. We received that visitation in January the 19th, 2019. The Lord said that I send the angel from these heaven to seal the living God, so send I you. From that point, we've done the podcast as much as we can to get this word out to the body of Christ uh, that it's a new thing that God is doing now. We must put off the old garments, the old, and purge ourselves from that iniquity and have a change of raiment, tabernacles. It's an engraving. And we find that that stone, wherein is a white stone, where is the new name written? And that manna, that hidden manna that has been eaten now to the, by the body of Christ. Upon one stone shall be seven eyes. It's sevened, perfected perfection. Behold, uh, God said, I will engrave the graving of it. That's the signet. That's the sealing of the saints of God, the servants of God in their forehead in Revelation 7. God himself's doing it. Somebody said, what's a seal? It's not a Sabbath. It's not any of works that we do. It's the word of the Lord. By receiving it in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, we enter into a higher glory through the Lord Jesus Christ, him himself alone. And God said, I will engrave the engraving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts. I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. And it'll finally culminate in nation Israel, the national Israel, being saved that final day after three and a half years, 42 months, time, times and a half of the Jesus ministry. The work of the ministry, that will be during the time of great tribulation. 
the devil coming down, the, the dragon, the old serpent, the scorpion, the, no place found in heaven anymore, coming down with great wrath against the saints of God. Woe, 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 being in the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the other three trumpets yet to sound. That's not the last trumpet. It's the three woe trumpets. The devil coming down to you having great wrath, knowing that he had but a short time, three and a half years, 42 months. Time, times the dividing of a time. But when evil comes in, like a flood, the earth will help the woman. God will raise up a standard against it. And that is those that know God, that knew know their Lord, will be strong and do exploits. Exploitations, things that's never been done before. And at that time, the Lord will be revealed in and through the body of Christ. God's doing it now. The sealing and the sons of all in the cherubim of glory, the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man is happening now for those that have an ear to hear. Now, we'd love for you to contact us if this brings a witness to you and your spirit, the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit that this is the truth. We would love to hear from you. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or better than that, you can call me. Leave a message on my phone. I'll get right back to you. Many of you will call it. You know that this is the truth, the Holy Ghost burning and bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. Call me. The country code is 1 plus. I'm in the United States. 1 plus, area code 903. 746-4885 or you can drop us a note or a line or ask a question over our websites sealinggodspeople.org sealinggodspeople.com or dennisbeard.org thank you for your prayerful support many of you are praying and your generous offerings whereby we'll keep the podcast coming to you over the various sites until the next time this is Brother Dennis Beard saying behold the real Jesus.